0: Hey, how's it going? you listen listening to The Drive Home. I gotta be honest with you. I did a podcast last week, and for some reason, this uh, app that I'm using, the Anchor app, didn't allow the podcast to upload, and I lost it. And I refused to try to recreate What happens during the podcast? I feel like it's pretty spontaneous, and to try to recreate it would simply lose the spontaneity and the creativity that goes along with it. And I refuse to do that. So I come to you again simply because I have to get stuff off my chest. I think I'm in a bad mood. I'm not 100% sure why. And maybe some of you can relate. Maybe some of you can't. Of course some of you can't because it's a 50-50 thing. We're not all the same. We're different. So yeah, that's that's a dumb statement. Maybe some of you can relate. Maybe some of you can't. Of course, some of you are going to relate. Some of you like chocolate ice cream. Some of you like vanilla. Some of you are lactose intolerant and can't have ice cream but choose to have it anyways and then wind up making yourself sick. I don't know. It's your life. You're living it. But I guess I'm a little irritated. I'm frustrated. Um, I'm, I'm part of a group on Facebook. I'm not huge on social media, but I am part of a group on Facebook and it's a man group, which kind of sounds not man-like in the first place, which I guess would subscribe to this stereotypical idea of what a man is, which I don't feel I fit that mold. That being said, apparently there's a commercial that was put out just recently. When I say recent, I say within the, like, the last couple of days, perhaps Gillette, makes razors. I have a beard and I don't care for razors too much because of my beard. It kind of defeats the purpose, of course, when you've got a beard, a razor, it, it it's oil and water. It doesn't mix. But I do like to get the, the neck beard stuff. I don't like the neck beard. My wife is like, ah, it's fine. But no, I don't like it. But Gillette makes razors and the razors that they make They've been making them for hundreds of years. I, don't, I really don't know. You know, maybe perhaps King Edward Twelfth had a razor that was made from a Gillette or something like that. And I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know if it's Gillette, a Gillet. What if it's Gillet? That doesn't sound very manlike, does it? But again, that's a stereotype. Oh, stay away from those stereotypes, right? So, that being said, Gillette had come out with this commercial. And in the commercial, they are addressing... Issues within society That tend to be Perpetuated And The behaviors Are Predominantly Done by men mistreating, abusing, sexual harassment of women, violence. Um, I think it rattles off several statistics. The suicide statistic, of course, that's always a popular one that more men are uh, successful when they commit suicide because they tend to do it in a much more physical way. Hanging or a gun or something of that nature. Women tend to take pills or uh things like that i i I don't know anyways so in this commercial there's a lot of imagery and some of the imagery it shows uh it it lines up with the idea you know that doing these types of behaviors is not a good thing there's other behaviors that are done that also get the same amount of treatment that really aren't a negative behavior there shows some kids wrestling in the yard or what have you. And uh, that kind of thing, to me, doesn't make sense. Because, for one, that's not just a boy-boy behavior. Girls will wrestle too. Girls will wrestle boys. Uh, boys will wrestle girls. So, I don't think that necessarily... Not I think that when you take it out of context, and if you look at it the way it is, which is simply, you know, two children wrestling in a yard... If you take it out of context and you're seeing perhaps that the one boy is picking on the other one and beating the other child up or something of that nature, then of course that's wrong and you would want to step in and do something about it. But all that to be said, the main word, the buzzword, the word that's been getting toted around, which coincides with the American Psychological Association's recent uh revelation or uh inter- and, and, and um uh entry into the i don't know if it's part of the the dsm5 uh, manual the you know the diagnostic manual that basically enables a psychologist to um and not just a psychologist really but a psychologist to determine whether or not someone fits a particular Diagnosis and mental disorder You know if a person is Has major depressive disorder They have to be depressed for like six months In a row or something in the year And these types of things So now apparently From what I read from this article That they were saying that The American Psychological Association is, Is addressing masculinity Traditional masculinity As being harmful To society and to men uh, and, and to the men that are, are, that are in the society and how they treat others based on these beliefs that have been passed on through generations. And so now whether or not they're trying to emasculate men or whether they are trying to feminize men or whether they are recognizing that there are some pretty archaic, um, examples that have been made. Now, the, the, the thing is is that this is the APA that's that's doing this they're the American Psychological Association and they're the ones doing it a lot of people are up in arms with these issues but for, I, but for the most part I imagine if you would ask the same people what their thoughts were about psychologists or whatever they would say they were a bunch of quacks anyway so if someone is a quack and someone who is pretty much not to be taken serious then why in the world are you flipping your minds out over something that prior to this it doesn't take serious and the reason of course is is because it's attacking manhood it's attacking manhood and so we feel like we have to defend manhood which baffles that baffles my mind it just it, it, it just does I did and, and, so, uh, and so back to this group that I'm a part of, these different people were saying now they're not going to use Gillette razors anymore because they're going to protest and boycott what Gillette is standing for. And I've heard this from different people. I've, I've heard people say they're not going to go to Target anymore because Target is going to allow uh, transgenders to use the restrooms of their choice. Now, of course, I think Target backed out on that when they realized uh, what the the amount of backlash that they were getting from that from that decision. But, and, 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 and I guess you could argue, you can say, you know, the consumer only has so much. And one of the things that the consumer has is that they are a consumer. They are someone who can put money in someone's pocket. And if people are going to turn their backs against Gillette razors because of their decision to address uh, stereotypical masculinity in our society as being uh, predominantly harmful, then I guess that could, you know, have an effect on their stocks and their company and whatever. But but really, though, I think it's two parts. I think one is the realization that men have, uh, and this isn't all men. And I think that that's where some of the people are misguided because they're interpreting it as that this is what it's saying about all men. And, and, in, and, personally for myself, I'm just going to be the man that I am, and I'm going to do the things that I do. And whatever I do, regardless of whether, it is uh, talking to a child and, 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 and helping them through a serious situation or if it's putting uh, coal in, my, in my, my coal stove or if it's getting the oil changed or if I'm going grocery shopping or I'm riding my bike in the woods. Whatever it is that I'm going to do, I'm going to do it as a man because I'm a man. Simply. Enough. I'm going to be courageous because I'm a courageous person. I'm going to be adventurous because I'm an adventurous person. I'm going to stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. I will put myself in a situation that perhaps will endanger my life because that's who I am. And I'm a man. And that's who I am. I don't need a commercial to turn me otherwise. And I don't care whether Gillette feels the way that I do I'm not going to support them not because of I have an issue with the commercial but I just don't buy razors period so if I was buying Gillette razors and Gillette was my razor would that affect my decision for a for a razor I, no I, I, don't, I don't think I'm that kind of guy I, I don't I don't see the I don't see the importance in and protesting as a consumer. Yeah. But other people feel differently, and maybe that's where they feel like that's where they need to make their stand. You know, that's where they, they need to stand up and stand against the issues. I think that there are more important issues that could be stood up for. You know, police brutality definitely would be one of them. And I think there's been changes made. You know, if you look at the, the difference that have been made there, just for example, you know, uh, police have to wear body cams. Um, and then you, you can get to see whether or not, you know, there's some really good cops out there and just like anywhere, just like any field, any job, you have somebody who's not so great at their job or abuses the authority that they're given. You know, you can have a teacher who abuses the authority that they're given. You can have someone who works at, uh, a sheet's, abuse the authority that they're given when they're making your sandwich and they can make a crappy sandwich like mcdonald's they can't stinking give you fresh fries unless you ask for no salt fries so you have to have a secret code in order to get good fries because they're going to give you some old rotten spoiled fries that they wouldn't even feed their dying grandma um so i just you know those are my thoughts um, I'm not. I'm. You know. I'm on the man group thing, but I'm not gonna put my two cents in because I just don't want to get into some online, you know, visceral, uh, you know, thing where someone feels like they have to attack me or vice versa. I, I I used to get into some discussions like that, but I feel like they're just kind of a waste of time, uh, unless I'm talking to you face to face really there's really no point in getting into those types of discussions unless you're in my daily life you know me you know my coming and my going my lying down my standing up you know what i'm about you're not going to understand me because i'm going to be misunderstood and uh and that's just going to happen i've experienced that way too many times people misunderstand me they don't get my humor they don't get my sarcasm they don't get uh what i find to be ridiculous, and yet at the same time, they don't understand my heart, you know. So there's gonna be people like that. They're not gonna get you. So I don't know. These are my thoughts. Um, you know, if, if you if 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 you like what you're hearing, if you like the content, if you want to hear more, uh, uh, leave a leave a comment in in the applause section. Um, if uh, you, you don't then tell me that too you know applause but instead of applausing and being positive you can say something negative you know like i hope your grandmother dies or something like that um which she did die so i kind of got you uh, ahead of that one um but that's all once again thanks for listening to the drive home as always hope you know where you're going on the drive home hey how's it going you listen to the drive home. It is Wednesday. It's rainy where I'm at. Uh, we've had bitter cold, bitter cold weather. I talked to my parents on the phone. My parents are uh, interesting folk. My mom is now 85 years old. Now, I was pretty sure that she was 86, maybe even 87. But for the last few years that I've spoken to my parents, they live in Michigan, I live in Pennsylvania. I figured I'd give you a little bit of context to where I'm at, I don't know. I had this idea that if I give too much information out, then somebody who I don't know is going to show up on my doorstep and try to like slit my throat in the middle of the night or something. And I, it's probably pretty morbid to think that way, but I grew up in the inner city in the formidable years of my life and so that makes me vigilant. For example, we just had an assembly at the school that I work at. See, look at this. I'm giving you all kinds of bits about what I do or where I'm at. I'm not going to give you exact location. I'm not going to give you GPS coordinates so that you can show up and say, hey, I've, I've listened to your, your podcast. Hi, but I am going to tell you some things, and, and, and I guess it's like it's time to stop being so secretive it's not like I work for the CIA or something and I have these secrets though they can't exactly keep all of them underneath the the mattress but so we have the school assembly and the school assembly has to do with dealing with like an active shooter situation and what you're supposed to do now I used to work in a school when the, the method, the protocol, if there was an active shooter, was to stuff as many people as you possibly could into a bathroom, which is like pigs in a blanket, and no, that's not a, a police, offer ref, police officer reference, that's the idea, you get it, anyways, so, this idea of stuffing as many people as you possibly could into a restroom just in case somebody happens to be breaking into your school with a weapon, a gun, okay? Now, I remember I was in that situation, not the real situation, but the scenario, and there was a, uh, a worker that was with me because I was working in the classroom. I wasn't a teacher, I was more, and I wasn't an aide, I was a one-on-one specialist, so I was working... And this person said, what would you do in this situation? Now at that point, I don't know if they realized that I had already assessed what I would do in that situation, but I had, because of growing up in the inner city, and being around gun violence and violence in general, you tend to learn quickly either one, how to survive on the street when both your parents are working or your dad's an alcoholic and you don't see him much and you happen to be on the streets, running the streets doing your thing at six years old or not. But you tend to learn quickly. I mean, I've, I obviously I survived, I made it, I'm older now. So now, here I am in this situation, I'm in this school, and they're practicing for active shooter drills, and this person says to me, what would you do in this situation? Now, I'd already assessed the situation and already determined what I would do, so I quickly had an answer for her. And I told her, well, first off, do you see that brick over there on a filing cabinet? Yes, I would take that brick. I would then come over and smash out the window because we were on the first floor. Once I smashed out the window, I would go through the window and then I would go to my car. And then from there, of course, I'm free. Now I can get other people out of the classroom and such. Now this, of course, was during the protocol when the idea was all you would do is just close your door, lock it and then hide as many people as you possibly could and stuff them into either a line out of the line of sight from the door or into the bathroom. And this particular classroom had a bathroom. So that was the only option. Now, of course, they have a totally different way to approach it. And now they teach, the first thing you do is you run. So if you pop your head out of a classroom You might as well run Because if you're popping your head out You're telling the person who's going in Like the, 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 the You know the Virginia uh, you know School The Virginia Tech um, Massacre that took place And the guy went around shooting everybody Somebody popped their head out And then they popped their head back Into the classroom Well guess what the guy did That's the fir- next room he went to Where he saw somebody where he figured there would be more people because if you're showing up to a campus to shoot people then if you leave you weren't successful so obviously the guy came there with weapons because he wasn't trying to do show-and-tell he was bringing a pain and suffering and being a horrible person and now you told him where you're at so they say the first thing you do is you run Now if you can't run, then what you do is you put as much crap as you possibly can find in front of the entrance to the room that you're in. You don't just lock the door. You put filing cabinets and desk and a refrigerator, a freaking vault, whatever it is that you can find. If you got a live hippo, you can coax it so that it can go and stand in front of the door. Whatever it is you can find. That's what you do. You put that on from the door and then they tell you, you get a weapon. And if that's a notebook, a stapler, a freaking Apple, a textbook, a computer, a brick, then that's what you get. And you prepare to fight. If you got to fight, you want to survive. You want to survive the situation. This person's coming there to bring pain and suffering to you. And you're going to have to bring the pain back. Bring the pain. So that's what they're teaching now. So will that detour somebody who's psychotic, who shows up to a school or a bank or a college campus or a factory or wherever the heck it is that they decide to lose their mind at? I don't know. But it could be a deterrent. So here I am in this assembly and I'm with the teachers and they're doing this thing and they're instructing this stuff. Meanwhile, there's a guy, there's a police officer, who's, doing, who's shooting his gun in the room that we're in, blank rounds, but still rounds that are blanks, and they're freaking loud, and they're unexpected. And because I grew up in an environment where people got shot on a daily basis, I tend to be a bit hypervigilant, to the point where I'm a bit paranoid, I guess. Whether that's PTSD, I don't really know. I'm pretty sure I probably have PTSD or had PTSD or something. And I'm not playing light of PTSD at all. I know people that do have PTSD. I probably line up with them. I'm not sure exactly. I haven't seen a psychiatrist to have that thing assessed to be evaluated. But those who know me in this situation know that I am a bit on edge. So they talk about there's these different levels. You have a level uh, red where you are like basically you're ready to go and you're probably kind of like in panic mode. Then you got a level yellow, which is kind of like you're alert, you're aware, you're vigilant, and then your level green, which is when you're relaxed and you're calm. So once this whole thing is finally over with, I go over to the officers to talk to them once the assembly's done and I talk to them because... I feel like before I speak to them, that I'm uh, something's wrong with me because I'm 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 always thinking about that situation. You know, when I when I go to my car, you know, I always look in the back seat. Um, when I'm in the city and I'm in my car and I see people walking by my car, I'm always aware. I'm always watching like, what 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 their hands are doing. So that is an constant thing. I always lock my doors. I always lock the cars to my door, my, my, my door on my car. I I'm, I'm just doing those types of things. I'm, I, I'm always aware. So I talk to the police officers and they tell me, it means that you're always on yellow. It means that in a situation like this, you're not going to freak out because you're already aware that there could be a situation. And you're going to be able to respond accordingly because you've been trained. I've been in, I was in the military. And you're aware. And because of that, you're going to survive. You're going to live. It's a good thing. It's like the first time anyone's ever told me me being in that place in my mind that it was a good thing. It was like they normalized my feeling of being abnormal. And they said now, When you get home and you sit down, you're playing a video game, reading a book, listening to music, and you're sitting on your couch or whatever, that's when you're at green, that's great. Because there's people who are in that situation and they're in panic mode. Or they're in green and they're completely unaware of the danger that arises in an active shooter situation. And they were like, oh, I wonder what the sound of that is can't possibly be a gunshot it can't possibly be a very dangerous situation that I'm in and then they're kind of like looking around to see and the next thing you know bang they get popped right in the head and they're dead and it's over for them meanwhile you've already ducked and covered found an exit smashed out a window with the brick and you're made it to safety which means in my mind that you could probably also help other people that are in that situation as well so even though that's not a normal situation because of where i'm at on the yellow i'm not abnormal if the situation arrives to think that way and there was just something calming about this police officer telling me taking the time hats off to him to explain this to me, because it's never been explained to me before, and I've always felt like, like I said, something was wrong with me, and it's almost like sometimes there's different behaviors that we do other people feel because they don't do those kinds of behaviors, or it doesn't make sense to them that there's something wrong with us or there must be something wrong with us because that's the behavior that we choose to do. But that's not always the case. It could be that they don't understand you. They don't understand me. And as I grow older, I learn, I'm learning more about myself and I'm learning about why I do the things I do or don't do and I'm becoming more okay with those things. So, there might be some things that you do that don't make any sense. I found out last night that my wife, she never drinks Mountain Dew, ever, never. She's not a pop drinker. Well, she likes Coke, but she's not addicted to it. She doesn't drink it every day. But, for some reason, when she goes to Taco Bell, which is not always either, But for some reason, when she goes to Taco Bell, only if she goes into the Taco Bell, not a drive-thru, but into the Taco Bell, she gets a Mountain Dew. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever why she does this, because she never drinks Mountain Dew ever, any other time. And she said she wouldn't get a Mountain Dew if we just went through the drive-thru. But for some reason, when we go inside, she gets a Mountain Dew and it doesn't make sense to me. But that's okay though. Actually, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's just kind of like unique. So those things about you that maybe don't make sense to other people, don't think that you're less because of that. They just don't get you. And that's okay because we're all unique. We're all different. We all have those kinds of things about us and the people around us who love us, they love us. And they get us. And it's important to recognize them and those people, the the family, whether friends or whatever it is, that just get you. And you don't have to explain stuff. You don't have to, like, give them, defend yourself. And, oh, it's so exhausting to have to defend yourself to someone or explain to them, why do you take, you know, 14, 15 minutes to be driving home and talking to your phone for people that you've never met before before? Like, I don't have to explain it. Just kind of do it, and it's all right. So, be you. Enjoy life. Be weird, creative, unique, different, and it's okay. Thanks for listening. As always, I hope you know where you're going on the drive home. Have a great day.